Yep, yep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chats. I believe we have volume today. <laughs> and we are live here at Chatham Tap Fishers, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I I have a, a bigger smile on my face this week, um, especially because it's a day, my friend. And, and you know, it, it was good to see the boys playing, you know, some some pretty decent footy today. Um, that was that was good. So I, I'm excited about our discussion this week. I, I if there's one thing that I'm carrying along with me, my friend, is that what you had said before about being a fan, even when times are tough. And, you know, in, in, in times, uh, I've got my own take on what. Till I die. You know, I, I've got my own take on, on Chelsea. Um, I thought about this pretty much last night and all day today. But I, I kind of want to hear from you, man. What What are you... What are you thinking about when you see Chelsea in their performance um, uh, today compared to where they've been in the last couple of weeks? I mean, uh, you know, they they came back and it was kind of lackluster type deal. But but what do you think was the difference? What happened? Um, you know, uh, it, it's a work in progress. You've got a new manager who's trying to implement some new ideas while maintaining a little bit of continuity, understanding the limitations. You know, he, he didn't get a full preseason with the team. He didn't get to, um, you know, bring in the players that he particularly wanted that suit the system and style that he wants to play. Right. Um, but I, I think what you can look at is um, the way they played against Crystal Palace at the weekend, um, they, they really seemed to not, d despite having a little bit of a system change, no real difference in how they actually played overall. Um, Crystal Palace did Crystal Palace things. They're frustrating. They, they you know, they put you on the back foot. Um, they they play with a level of confidence um, that is, is really, I, honestly, I wish my team uh, played with that level of confidence and, and swagger. Um, but I, I, I think one, Crystal Palace knew Chelsea Knew, yep. knew what they needed to do, and it was at Palace. Versus today, um, you know, I, I think Chelsea were able to get on the front foot a bit more often. Uh, it was at Stamford Bridge. They had the crowd behind them. Yep. And more importantly, I think AC Milan has struggles of their own. So they sort of played into Chelsea's strengths and, and, and wishes today and, and helped that out. That said... The goals were taken nicely. Um, they put a lot of pressure on, and uh, let's face it, they had the game killed off in the first half. Yep. Um, and I, I, as we'll get to later in the show, I, I think it's you, you really got to be careful trying to hang a whole lot on one particular game or two games. Yes. But you look at patterns, and I, you can you can see. The steady improvement. Um, Reese James is poised to be one of the top right backs in the world. Yep. Got the man of the match today. Was really involved. Um, you know, you, you you get you got play in behind today. You got good interchanges and things of that nature. So, you know, it's a, it's a positive for Chelsea. 
I'm going to keep saying it, it's what continues to happen in the next game. There's going to be setbacks. Uh, our team, uh, you know, you got to trust the process, as, as they say, and that's exactly what's going on right now. Um, but, you know, th there are good things to take away from it, and uh, I'm trying to think who Chelsea have coming up next. Uh, and I, I, uh, I did a whole bunch of research and left it at home. Um, uh, uh, Chelsea has, yeah, wait on this, folks. I know yep, dead yep, air is really so. your favorite hey, thing. Hey, Aaron Judge, Judge hit a 60-second home run last night. Um, let's see. Chelsea. No longer Chelsea. Wolves. 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 So um, probably, and at home, too. So, uh, you know, Wolves not really putting a lot of teams under pressure. Right. Bruno Lodge uh, just lost his job. Yep. So they're going to be in transition. This is an opportunity to, to sort of consolidate, to go out. I, at this point, it's about building consistency, yep. building some momentum. You don't need to go out and beat Wolves three to nothing, although it would be great. Um, and three nothing over Milan. Milan's, you know, their fifth place or tied for fourth in uh, Italy, yep. but, but only like three points off first place. So they're not in a bad place, but they're also trying to find their form sure. as well. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think Chelsea needs to just try to gain some consistency. And then probably in the transfer window, Graham Potter can look at maybe one or two buys. I don't think you want to shake things up too crazy, um, but one or, two, one or two would be good. So, first of all, thanks a lot. I appreciate you setting that foundation there, my friend. Um, <laughs> here's, here's, what I, here's what I see right now. Um, I think for, for all Chelsea fans, I, I think I can speak freely by saying, you know what, we, we sat back today and we looked and we, we kind of went like, Hmm. Okay. And, and, and I think that it, it, yeah. it took the – it's almost like that pressure cooker, you know, where you release some of the presser, pressure and it, it comes back down and it just mm -hmm. continues to cook. I, th I think what, what's going on is we're seeing Graham Potter. We're seeing him kind of ease into, you know, leadership, ease into, you know, being, you know, being the manager of the club. And I think we're starting to see players enjoy playing – soccer again enjoy yeah. playing football again I, I saw so many smiles on people's face like the the difference between this match and like West Ham Crystal Palace you know I, I get why Connor Gall Gallagher didn't celebrate the goal mm -hmm. because you know he's like hey I'm a respectful dude I want to make sure that you know that Crystal Palace understands that that I love the opportunity they gave me mm -hmm. but today when you're when they're scoring goals like they're celebrating like a team needs to celebrate. I mean, it, it was it was really good to see that. Um, you know, Fafana opening up in the in the 23rd or 24th minute, the scoring, um, they celebrated that. And then you had Obama Yang, who who once again, that's two games in a row. For all of you, you know, haters out there who are Arsenal fans, <laughs> I get, I get it, I totally get it because, like, you know, hey. I, you know, but he's he, he's scoring for us, and then finally Reese Reese James's goal, brilliant, brilliant goal. Um, I don't, I'm not sure anybody can stop that when you hit it that high into the net. There's there's no one that's going to stop it. So the boys, they're back. It, it, it seems like they're 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 starting to get back in form, um, and that's what's encouraging for me. The 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 play in the middle was still a little soft, in my opinion. Um, you know, Milan was able to kind of generate a little something, uh, but I would say that defensively, it looks like we're, we're more confident 
It looks like there, there's more confidence. With, with Koulibaly back there, he looked at home today. Yeah. He looked at home today. And when you're going up against super sub, you know, Olivier Giroud. Um, La France, uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's imperative that you be solid on defense mm -hmm. because the guy will be he he, he will, he's a he's a hawk in the box he just he just is and they were able to kind of you know frustrate him frustrate their attack um, you know Kepa had mm -hmm. had had a good game kept a clean sheet it was good I, it was an overall yeah. performance that you needed to have at Stamford Bridge dude. Yeah. I mean, that's what was so key about this, is that we defended the home. You know, we defended Stanford Bridge. And so that's why I'm so excited about what happened today. Now, I'm a realist in looking at our next, our next few matches. We, we have Wolves at home. I, I don't want to jinx it, but I think we can take care of Wolves if we play the way we played today. Um, then we have, you know, Milan again. Uh, on this coming Tuesday, I think we can hold serve, and I think we can, you know, win, win against Milan. Mm -hmm. Villa at home—that's a tough match because you never know which Villa team you're going to get. You you just don't know. And then we have Brentford, which has been a thorn in our side. Right. And then finally, my friend. Yes. On the twenty-second. The twenty-second of this month. <laughs> <laughs> we let's get ready to rumble. Um, that's that's the one day, ladies and gentlemen. Well, actually, there'll be two days, but that's one of the two days of the year that that you know Aaron doesn't speak to me at all um, the entire day. So, oh no, oh, <laughs> oh no, he's going to be speaking. I'll be he's talking. Be <laughs> so that is my take on Chelsea. Um, you know, Chelsea. Hey, you deserve this, guys. Yeah, we love you. Way to come back. Way to really show what you can do. Graham Potter, you know what? If this is because of you, we love you. Okay? But after saying that, I I need to do this. Because I think I'm gonna make you happy right here, my friend. I'm gonna make you happy. Yeah, okay, okay. So 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 here's why I'm gonna make you happy. Mm. Because I want you to give the, the total lowdown. Like, you know, I want you to give, you know, don't hold back. But there were some things at the end of that match, okay, end of the match that I saw with City that, that were promising. That were promising. Um, I love the fact that United did not quit. There were times where you saw their heads down. But either, I, I'm not sure who was the person who did it. Um, Bruno was 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 in a lot of people's ear, mm -hmm. but I've got to believe that Ten Hag has has part of that to you know to be able to talk to the guys and say, hey guys, look, yes, we're not going to win this match, but we have got to at least show some effort. And to be quite honest with you, like the the, the first. You know, first half, if you were to tell me that they were going to score three in the second half, yeah, I, I, I'd have been like, no way. But I wanted to kind of get your opinion on the match because I know you, you've got some notes and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, with without saying, Erling Holland is just, uh, he's a beast. He's a monster. But I want to kind of get your opinion on the match, my friend. Uh, yeah, first off, 
there are not enough superlatives in the world to talk about what is going on with City in general and with Holland yeah. and and De Bruyne as well. All, yes. all the players yes. really, but um, I, I mean he, he's amazing. He's he's really redefining um, our expectations for the position and, and what it means. He's he's Zlatan 2.0. He's yep. really an incredible player. Um, being facilitated by one of the best attacking midfielders in the world and 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 just yeah. a great team overall. Look, I City turned around and scored five again today. They're, they're doing this to lots of teams. Um, so I, again, I'm not going to read too much into it. My right. main takeaways from the game, as, you know, from a United perspective, um, you know, a loss away to City in the way they're playing. There's not a lot of shame in that. The criticism that's well-deserved is that, uh, that there was an obvious lack of confidence, an obvious lack of belief, uh, an obvious lack of, of you know, take, chance-taking. You know, you're, you're, gonna, you're, you're playing against this great team. Playing conservative is not going to help you. you know, City swarm right, you. They're, right. they're going to get on top of you. They're going to get their goal. So, so take your opportunities. They... they United gave the ball away way too cheaply. Mm. Um, Diogo Delote uh, oh. got caught in an early tackle that I don't think he necessarily needed to make and put himself on a yellow card. And then he spent the rest of the game, you know, having to play a, a little hesitant and got no help from Anthony as well. Anthony and Sancho really, you know, got to come under a lot of scrutiny for for all their efforts that they've had thus far this season. They were, were poor. They did not help out their backs. Um, to me, the biggest issue was how open United were in the middle of the field. You look at that, uh, I, I think it's the third goal and the, the second Holland goal. Um, bye, buddy. Friend of the, good friend of the pod. Um, he got you know, me drunk earlier. The, so. the, the goal itself is magnificent. The second Kevin De Bruyne picks up that ball, he's the only guy in the world who can play that pass. And... He knows that Erling Holland is the only guy in the world who can get on the end oh. of it. Rafa Varane has that covered well, but that ball bends in nicely and behind. And then you've got a six-foot, five-inch striker with the touch of, of, of fucking Messi, to be quite honest, yeah. and he just puts it away. You know, the, the, the Foden goal, it, it, I'm not trying to make excuses. I, I, I'm not, because I think there's, there's a lot of improvement that's needed. But United were in decent position for the first goal. Ball's played a slightly behind Phil Foden, who makes a nice run, but Varane has him covered in normal circumstances, but the finish is great. He wraps his foot around the ball. De Gea has no chance at it. No. The second goal is unfortunate. Ra uh, Rafael Varane is off the field uh, because of the ankle injury on the play pre previously. I still think it's it's poor from United to look around and Christian Eriksen is the guy marking Erland Holland on the corner. That's yeah. that's got to be McTominay or somebody with a little bit more ferocity. I love Christian Eriksen, but he's not exactly a tenacious defender. And you you could see it. I mean, Holland goes up and just wins a header and scores a goal. The third goal again, not really gonna gonna stop it once it gets into De Bruyne. But this is where you've got to got to look at it. McTominay 
gets caught ahead of the ball where it gets lost, which for a defensive midfielder is inexcusable. Yeah. And then Erickson really doesn't put pressure enough early on in the play. So I don't know who has it at that point, but they're allowed to carry well into United's half. Erickson comes over and puts in a half-hearted tackle. Then it goes into De Bruyne. Everybody has to drop off and respect him. And then he picks his head up and says, look at this Frankenstein's monster standing at the back post that I think I can get a ball to. Yes. Um, you know, from that point for you're, you're, you're down 3 nothing. They smell blood in the water. You're down 4 nothing at the half. But you're right. They kept going. They got a couple really good goals in the second half. Um, you know, a lot of it happened after City made multiple subs and brought on youngsters. But again, it's about continuing on. I, I think Luke Shaw coming on from Malasia was a good move. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it's silly, but Luke Shaw actually came on and did what he needed to do. He needed to have a positive performance. Malasia was obviously having a bad day at the office. At the office. So, uh, you know, it, it's. To me, to dwell on this game would really be to lose sight of what's going on here because United isn't here to beat Manchester City right now. They're not here to win the league right now. They're here to build a process under Eric Ten Hag that gets them to a point, to a platform for the second half of the season. A platform. That's brilliant. Oh, God. What are you doing? Brilliant. We're going to be a little early here with our halftime shot, and the reason why we're doing that is we've got our lovely ladies, JoJo and Claire here, if you want to poke your heads in. Appreciate it. Super appreciate it. They're <laughs> wonderful. But more importantly, uh, I believe is the fifth annual? Fifth annual. Fifth annual uh, Wendy Hudson. Love you. Wendy Hudson. Cancer Sucks Bar Crawl uh, is on Saturday. We're kicking it off at 1 o'clock at Sun King, just down the road. Then we'll hop on down to 3P around 2.30, and then we'll all end up back here around 4, 4.30 uh, at Chatham Tap Fishers to uh, have a raffle and celebrate uh, Sue, I believe, is, is the recipient this year, as well as reminisce about our lovely Wendy and uh, all the loved ones we've lost, lost along the way to cancer. It's a bitch. It sucks. Fuck it. And, uh, but if you uh, have not heard about it, get on out. Join us. Uh, there's going to be raffles. There's going to be a lot of prizes to be given away, and there's going to be a lot of probably happy crying and ugly tears yes. going on. So shout out to JoJo and Claire. Shout out to Wendy. Shout out to Sue. Shout out to the Cancer Sucks Bar Crawl. Please show up on Saturday. And if not, you can get online. I believe it's WendyHudson.org. WendyLHudson.org. And uh, you can donate that way as well. It's a wonderful cause. We've all lost somebody along the way. So cheers. Laheim. Slanky. Cheers. Cheers. As ever, love our ladies. Appreciate you. Oh. oh, yeah, there'll be a lot of that going on on Saturday, I can tell you, too. So, um, I'm going to be opening up. I'm going to be opening up for the... Oh, I, 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 pre the preachers always got... No, 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 no. So, let me... I, I do want to run through my quick notes because yeah, it, cause they're, all, they're all pretty simple. They look good. First off, all of City. I, I, City is phenomenal right now. This might be the team that Pep has put together to win the Champions League. He might have found the missing pieces. Yeah. He might have his players healthy. He might understand his rotation and finally get that right. They're clearly running away with the league. I know Arsenal's top, but let's face it, they're going to Arsenal at some point. Come on. And, and does Nick, any, look, sorry, Nick. Sorry, yeah, Nick. I got bad news, guys. Our, our, if, if what City did to United, they're going to do to everybody else yes. in the league, too. We're, we're, everybody's catching it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. City is magnificent, specifically Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, my. And Erling Holland. I mean, I, I think 
people that, people in the know expected this to happen, but by gosh, the level it's happening. He's got twelve goals. Thirteen. 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 Well, he, he scored two today. Okay. So, so I mean, the, he's got a ridiculous number of goals in, in like nine games. It's it's absolutely absurd. But that was my fear, is that De Bruyne would begin to create chemistry with Erling Holland. It's like you know, I was like, oh please let like, please let the team kind of be like, oh well, you know, you're a new kid coming in, blah blah. blah. No, these guys want to win. Like these guys are playing football like it, they don't care they don't care what you do if you can put the ball in the back of the net i'm feeding the ball to you i i don't i i don't know how patriotic erling holland is um but if he asked for a one-time switch to belgium i'd give him the world cup right now because kevin de bruyne oh, yeah. to erling holland and oh, oh by the way romelu lukaku and a few other dudes oh. that can hang out there would be pretty good but let's also say you know we're we're, we're overshadowing something Erling Holland got a hat trick. So did Phil Foden. That was yes, two hat tricks from City. Okay. Phil Foden had a great game, and he's a Manchester boy. I, I, I don't like him. I don't like his haircut. He's a goofy little shit. But I tell you what, the boy can ball, and he is. A, he's. He, you, we we always talk about it. you. You got to like the local lads that come through. And and here's a kid who's a childhood City fan comes through, and and he scores a hat trick against his hated rival. Excuse me. That's that's wonderful. Okay. It really is. So. So I'm going to say this, like, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know this, but I have an official list. It's not a shit list. It's a punch in the face list. And like, <laughs> there, there are a few players in the EPL that I like to punch in the face. Okay. Phil Foden is literally number two behind Gabriel Jesus. I, I, I swear, like literally just, just the way they look, I just want to punch him in the face. I don't like him, but damn, that kid can play some football. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't understand it. I think it's honestly, it's the haircut. I, I really, I really do think it's the haircut. Um, and he also looked like in, in every, like if you follow Dream Team online, shout out Dream Team. Hope you guys give Dream us a team. shout. Uh, but th they've got the the little the little funny you know uh, videos that they do and. They've got the 90s, you know, the way the manky guys hang out. And, like, all I can think of is, you know, like, Phil Foden just being a – he's I, – I swear to God, <laughs> Phil Foden's got Oasis, like, on absolute repeat all day long. Shout out to Oasis. They're Silver, pretty good. Silver chair. Silver chair. There you go. He's in. Same. <laughs> um, but let's let's get through it. Like I mentioned earlier, United not very confident. The effort from some people not great. And, and again, you know, what you want to see is people – trying to play and yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it just really didn't happen um and i'm i'm gonna keep the faith and believe that uh ten hog looks at this in the, in the same way he's gonna criticize players he's gonna tell them exactly what was wrong and what they didn't do right and they have an opportunity on on uh tomorrow uh in cyprus in lovely cyprus uh <laughs> harry mcguire's probably loving going back there um <laughs> To get an opportunity to play against wait, a wait, 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 why? Well, I, I'm, I'm oblivious. Oh, uh, in preseason, Harry Maguire got arrested in Cyprus for, um, I, he got into a bar fight, and then imagine that when the uh, Cyprus police showed up, he used the "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> kind of line. So it's been it's been a bad bad run for Harry, and I don't think we're going to see him playing. Uh, actually, I think Harry's gone in the January transfer window. I would not oh, be surprised. Um, he needs it. Where? Anywhere but here. 
Uh, honestly, I think he, he would do well uh, in Italy. Um, I think he'd probably he's going to view it as a as a big step back to go back to a, no offense, but a Leicester or a Southampton or something like that. M you know, maybe a Newcastle wouldn't be a bad place for him uh, while they're in a in a you know they've got money to, he, to throw around. Would he play for Frank at Everton? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not real sure what what Frank's trying to implement. I I could see it happening. I mean, Harry Maguire's not a bad defender. I know people give, keep giving me shit for this. The guy's not a bad defender. You don't get to this level. But the problem is, he just does not fit the system, and his 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 confidence is shot. Yeah. I, I don't care who you are. When the confidence goes, and you've seen it in certain players. Let's 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 all remember back to um, Werner, Lukaku. Not not just Werner, <laughs> but um, uh, El Nino. Um, Fernandez. Uh, uh, Fernandez. Uh, I mean, uh, here was a guy who was scoring goals for fun for Liverpool, transfers to Chelsea, and literally rounded David De Gea and still missed an open net. When the confidence goes for certain players, it goes. And it, it's, it's unfortunate, Why? but you've got to get a change of venue, a change of system, a change of surroundings in order to get it back, or it may never come back. So, so you gotta pull, you got to pull that example out of your ass. Just, you know, that one about a guy that plays with Chelsea. Thanks a lot, man. It just happened. Um, I, I've covered it before. There, there wasn't any pressure up front for whatever pressing that is supposed to happen from United. Certainly no yeah. pressure in the middle middle of the field. Uh, again, the KDB goal, or Holland goal, just too much space. You can't allow a player like that to receive the ball with that kind of space, pick his head up. Yes, brilliant ball that no one else can play, and Holland's probably the only guy getting to it. But... They did, and they know it. You know, when you know somebody can do something, you give them the opportunity. Uh, obligatory Ted Lasso reference. United need to be goldfish. They've got to forget about this game. They've got to move on. Oh my they've got. God. They've got to forget about it altogether. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Keep swimming, and and, and know that their system's going to work. Look, it, it might be two years before United can compete directly with City, but that's the goal. Yeah, you. It's a. It's a, a, a. The building blocks have to be put in place, and the next building block is beating. Is beating um, Nicosia tomorrow in Cyprus, and then you turn around and you've got to go to Everton, who are starting to play better. Frank's getting them in a good game, so it's. It, to me, the city game is nowhere near as important in the grand scheme of things as what the next couple of performances are. If the guys put their heads down and they don't play with any further confidence, if it's sluggish, then yeah, same issues that every manager for about the last decade has been dealing with. But if United absolutely batter Nicosia and then they go to Everton and, and really hang it on them, then you can say they're pissed off, they care, yeah. and the, the, the plan is taking shape. And I... I, I I'm confident that that's going to happen. It may not happen as smoothly and cleanly as we want it to, but that's the next step. So, so my question now is, and going back to a couple of shows ago, you know, is the EPL kind of becoming a farmers league now? Because no, I'm I'm serious. Because once again, City adds the premier striker in probably the world to their team. That's already champions. Liverpool, yes, while they're having their difficulties and things like that, at any given day can challenge City. Mm -hmm. But it's it's pretty much those two. What what's going on in EPL, man? Like are are, are people really trying to figure out, okay, is there a way where we can beat City? Or are we trying to figure out, okay, how do we finish in the top four? Because 
if it's the latter, then I'm not sure that's good for the league. I'm not sure it's good for the league. Uh, look, City have been strong for a while now, and, um, you know, barring Pep deciding to leave, which there's rumors that that may happen um, in the next season or two, uh, it, you know, the Farmers League gets tossed around a little too liberally. I, I okay. you know, it okay. one, it's 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 really truly meant to be such a put down, um, and I'd love to see somebody play against uh, a, a mid-level French team. You'd get your asses kicked. You would. Okay. You absolutely would. Okay. The the point being, PSG obviously have the most money, um, followed far lo far away by Marseille and Lyon. Barcelona. Um, and then you've got Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, but look, let's face it. I mean, they've they've had a close run. Atletico's been up there in the last few years. Sevilla and Villarreal are, are definitely challengers. They consistently make the Champions League. So I don't think it's like that. Yeah, it's look as a United fan. The last thing I want to see is City running away with this the way they are. It's absolutely annoying. But at the same time, you look that it took Pep how long to do this? Six, seven years to, you know, he's, he's won it along the way, but yeah. this, this team appears to be something special. And, uh, you know, I, I believe the Premier League is the most entertaining, if not the best league in the world. And, uh, you know, if for one season City does run away with it, then maybe we just have to sit back and, and admire it and say, what can we do? Because United have the money to compete. Chelsea has the money to True. compete. True. All these teams have the money to compete. So it's not just playing footy manager. It's about getting it right on the field, on the pitch. So with that, uh, you know, I, I think that covers Chelsea and Manchester United. Uh, we've already had our halftime, so we're just going to go straight in to... And I'll be honest, not feeling like cheering that oh, loud right man. now. Uh, I'm glad you cut it short. We, we had an international break a few weeks back, and uh, United, or I'm sorry, um, United States played Japan and then Saudi Arabia. Uh, one loss to Japan, very limp performance, yeah. and a draw with Saudi Arabia Wait, that... Did you say limp? Limp. <laughs> Flaccid. We were pushing rope against Japan. <laughs> and the only oh caveat God, I will give to that awesome. is that Burhalter was clearly messing with the lineup and the system and yes. seeing what could happen. Yes. I think this, you know, and Japan's not bad. They only lost one to nothing against Brazil I, during the same period. They're my dark horse. So that's not what gets me. But some of the performances, especially from big-name players, I'm looking at you, Tyler Adams. I thought it was oh. really disappointing. Weston McKinney as well. Mm. They got a little bit better against Saudi Arabia, but, I mean, I think we had two shots on goal over the course of the last few games, a 0-0 draw against a team that's not going to be at the World Cup, right? Do I have that correct? Somebody's going to get me for that one. Uh-oh, uh-oh. See, we, we need interns. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, you want to be an intern? Intern. There you go. No. No. Beer. Yeah, we'll get you some beer. Excellent. But let's see here. So let me let me pull up the picture. I don't believe. Nope. Not. Yes. Saudi Arabia. Group C. So I'm just 
super biased against the Middle East right now. Uh, but they're not getting out of a group with Argentina, Mexico, and Poland. No. The USA should get out of a group with Iran, Wales, and England. England's not playing great. Wales, despite Michael Sheen giving them the St. Crispin's Day speech and then following it up with something else, just not enough. I mean, they, they, they're, they're ripe for the picking. But this U.S. team, Evan, uh, I was excited. Yeah. A few months back. Yep. I, I'm, I'm looking at Christian Pulisic, yep. Eunice Musa, who was missing for these games, mm -hmm. and, and that's there. Mm -hmm. Tim Weah, also missing. Yep. But Brendan Aronson playing lights out for Leeds. Yes. Tyler Adams continuing his form. Weston McKinney doing great things for Juventus right now. Peafock. But Peafock was missing. Uh, there's a huge question mark over that. Not sure what's going on there. Ferreira is clearly not the guy. No. Not sure why... Um, Oh, uh, our favorite ginger, Josh Sargent, who's, who's doing well for, for Norwich, isn't yeah. getting an opportunity. Right. Um, it, it, there's a lot of question marks about this team right now, not least of which defensively. Um, you know, and it, look, folks, the bright spot from this window was how well Matt Turner played. And that's like people cheering mm. for Tim Howard getting 16 saves against <laughs> Belgium in the, in the World Cup in 2014. Yeah, it sounds awesome, but yeah. if you're... If you've made 16 saves, you've given up 16 shots directly on goal. So oh I'm not sure Matt Turner yeah. and yeah. his saves yeah. are really something to be super. I mean, yeah. okay, if somebody gets a shot, I'm confident in the guy. Yes. But our ability to play out of the back and our ability to, to not recognize when that's not on it is concerning. Mm -hmm. uh, a real lack of diversity and the fact that Tim Way can't stay healthy, Eunice Musa seems to not be able to stay healthy. Yep. If we're missing these guys, this could be 1998 all over oh, again. Oh, man. I, 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 okay. What you just got through saying has shaken the foundation of what I'm getting ready to say. <laughs> it really has. What, oh, oh, do you guys remember this? And now we all get to hit you. Yeah, now we get Although, to hit you. Was that about yeah, the shoulders? Yeah. Oh, no, boy. You get to, okay. Anyway, we just got that from we one of our friends of the pod. So, anyway, here's what I'm saying. We are the United States, and I think what we do best is we hold our cards really close to our chest. I want to believe that Greg Berhalter and, and the entirety of the USA squad is holding back. I, I, I hope I really do hope that we are holding back somewhat because, my friend, <clears throat> what I saw <clears throat> out of the Japan match actually kind of, you know, reinvigorated my fervor for the Japanese squad. Mm -hmm. I think they're coming in under the radar. I think that they're going to make a huge impact <laughs> in, in the World Cup. I think that they're, they're going to have, they're going to, they're, they're going to make a difference. But... What I saw with Saudi Arabia was lackluster. And, and it would. I think the one thing that the USA squad wants us to do is they want us to be interested in what they do. And I just don't think that they showed us that. And I want to believe that they didn't show us that because it's like we don't want to show everything that we're going to do. I think that we're. If you look back at what we've done in prior you know world cups 
<clears throat> last one, you know, obviously not counting, not counting because we weren't there. We but were on the couch. <clears throat> we were on the couch. I, I, I think that we want to we want to jump on people. We want to surprise them for for what we can produce, mm -hmm. and and I hope that's what the strategy is here. I think the fact that we're focusing on our goal tending, you know, and and the keeping and stuff like that it is 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 purposeful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, I really do hope that we're kind of just saying, okay, we're just gonna kinda throw guys out there. Burhalter's kinda, you know, hey, I wanna figure things out. But while I show you that I'm figuring things out, I really do have strategy in my brain that I just don't want the world to see yet. Well, I, I mean, these performances couldn't have been as far from the positive performances we were seeing six or eight months yeah, ago yeah. In, in other competitions. Right. Um, so you may be right. I, I hope that's the case. But if you had to put $100 down right now, Evan, <laughs> you've chosen England and the United States to finish one and two in Group B. How are you feeling about that prediction right now? <clears throat> I, I do think, I, I still feel like, oh my God. I, I think both teams really have kind of hidden what they can do. And I think that when they get into group, to group play, I think that it still will be one, two, England, USA. I really do. I, 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 hopefully, you can all see what just happened there. Yeah, well, you and, know, and 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 that we've we've got our predictions Iran up. Iran and Wales. I, you know, as much as I want to get a Gareth a, a Bale IPA, did you see that? A Bale ale. A Bale ale. Bale ale. I, as much as I want to get a Bale ale, I. And as much as I am rooting for Wales because of Wrexham, I, I just don't, I don't think that Iran or Wales can get past England and the U.S. I just don't. I, my gut tells me that we're right on our predictions, my friend. Say hello to Deadpool and Rob McElhinney. Um... We will revisit this as we get closer. I would imagine the probably the show prior to the World Cup. We might do some specials, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But we will revisit this. But is anything jumping out at you right now that you're like, whoa, I've got concerns? Because I've got one in particular <clears throat> right now. Hmm. I actually have two. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely say my group A, number two pick, <laughs> Qatar. Um, I don't know about that one. Um, I'm kind of balking a little bit. I'm going to stay with it, though. You mean all the displaced Africans? <laughs> yes, exactly. And <clears throat> the Qatari slave labor soccer. Uh, <laughs> and I think my, my Poland pick. Lewandowski is, he's, he's not, he's not in, on form right now. He's, he's just not. I hope that he can get back there. Uh, because if he plays, once again, it depends on who he has behind him, who's serving him the, the ball. If, if, if those players are on point, I think they can pull him and they, you know, he can get on point. But if they're not on point, man, your pick of Mexico, dude, I'm telling you, that could be solid. Yeah. That could be absolutely solid. And I, 
And this is one of those special times during the podcast that I need you to talk for about three minutes. Okay. <laughs> and we all understand what that means. Um, my big issues right now are there's a lot of teams that have, over the last six months to last year, been very, very strong uh, that are showing a little bit of shakiness. France haven't looked great in their last couple of matches. Excuse me. In fact, Denmark really took it to them. So I can see a flip there. I don't, I don't really see any change. I'm not sure I'm going to insert Australia or Tunisia. But I could see Denmark taking the group and France finishing second. Um, Germany, Japan, Costa Rica, Spain, that, that's an interesting group. I, I, I think that's a real group of death right there. Mainly because I don't think anybody is looking superstar. Uh, they're all looking solid. They've all had some decent performances. Not real sure. That, that could go any which way. Um, but a big question mark you've got to have is, if Cristiano Ronaldo is not playing on a regular basis, can Portugal do it without him? And yes, they won the final in 2016 with him standing on the sidelines, but that's different. He helped get him there. He started that match, and he was on the sidelines cheering him on with his knee strapped up and basically willing them to a victory. But if he's not playing, if he's not on form, what can Portugal really hope for there? I think that's going to be a struggle. Um, Uruguay, I could see them sneaking in there. I'm not sure I'm going to see South Korea win in the group, but you never know. Um, but, boy, there are a lot of question marks right now. And between now, I mean, we're less than 50 days. I want to say we're 46 days out uh, from the World Cup. Uh, kicking off on, I believe, November 20th or 21st, something like that. Um, that's It's going to be interesting. And, uh, you know, I get Evan's point about the United States. Maybe this was an opportunity to experiment in the window, give a couple guys one last opportunity to see if they can make this team, see if they're ready to go, see who is buying into the system. Um, but I'm not sure Greg is playing three-dimensional chess here. Uh, I, I, I want him, I want him to be, uh, but I'm not sure I absolutely believe in that. So um, I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic uh, for, for what Evan is saying, um, but what, what if he's got a plan and Eunice Musa or Tim Weah or, or even Christian Pulisic are not available? You know, it's, it's, that's not unheard of. Christian, Christian's not exactly the healthiest cat on the planet, and he's also not getting a lot of run right now. And, okay, he had a nice little move and a little little layoff for Conor McGregor. Or Conor McGregor, Jesus Christ. Wow. That, wow. wow. You know what? Chelsea should sign Conor McGregor. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. That, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. <laughs> he would just. We should just wait a minute. Bring you on for your midfield enforcer. Oh, yeah. Um, just hack a dude down. Also thought about another thing, too, man. I am what has this layoff and this is a, a question for you what has this layoff been for a Cristiano Ronaldo like will we see Messi and Ronaldo actually go head to head in this World Cup well I believe the way the group groups are fashioned we could see an Argentina-Portugal yes. final. Yes. What you missed well, while I was while on a bio break yes. Yes. was uh, if Cristiano Ronaldo is not playing on a regular basis for Manchester United between now and the World Cup, 
Yes, he keeps himself in magnificent shape, but it's about form. If he's not playing, can Portugal win? Can Portugal get out of their group without a Cristiano Ronaldo performing at a high level? Back up. Let me see who's see who's in there to see if I'm like scared of this. Okay. Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, not slouches. That this is a sort of group of death. This to me is the real group of death. Yes, I agree with that. But Group H. I mean, with a Cristiano Ronaldo who's not been. It's a question playing. mark. It's a question mark. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Lots to think about between now and then, folks. Um, wow. I, I, like I said, I'm hopeful, uh, but I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little more anxious than I was this time about six months ago when mm. it comes to the United States mm. national team. So there you have it. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, oh, wow, that was aggressive. That was really aggressive. Here we go. Woo! We are now. Going to the Hey Aaron segment. Like Hagar the horrible level <laughs> battle crowd there. Like, hey. That was so we, we are now going to the Hey Aaron segment um, of our show. And the Hey Aaron segment. Here's what I want to say about the Hey Aaron segment. I want to invite those people who listen to us, all you know, all the dozens of you. All ten uh, of you. <laughs> who who listen to us. Um, send in questions. Send in things that you would like me to ask Aaron toward the end of our show because that, I think that would just be really cool. Like you know, especially questions. Those of you who may not know a lot about soccer, those of you who maybe you know just picking up the game of football, dude, listen, send them in. But for tonight, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read through a short list of EPL managers and. You are going to say, number one, whether or not they will be with their teams at the end of the season, and just personally what you think about them as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Oh, let's lean in for this one. There you go. There you go. So, uh, first, we are going to go um, Steven Gerrard. Um. I had higher hopes, and I'm not quite sure I'm seeing it. Um, some guys just don't take to it that well. Mm. Um, him and Frank are big question marks. Oh. You know, they're, they're both tremendous players. There's no question that yep. they understand the game. Um, I want them to be successful. I want it. I would love to see Rooney, Gerard, mm -hmm. and Lampard be this next generation of great English managers um, and, and get back to be ma being managers of, of their club. I'd, I'd love to see Frank back at Chelsea for another stint after he's had more experience. Yep. Stevie G at Liverpool, maybe after Klopp or after the next guy would be great. Wayne Rooney down the road for Manchester oh. United makes a ton of sense. But just not seeing it really come together for him just yet. Maybe that's budgeting. Maybe that's learning the game, you know, learning how to be a manager. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these guys took their badges and basically went straight into coaching versus, you know, a guy like Pep. Pep spent a little time being an assistant, understanding, you know, the, the levels of the game before he got handed the reins of a big club. Um, so, you know, m maybe they just need to spend that little bit of extra time. I, w I want Stevie to be successful, um, d despite his Liverpoolianness. <laughs> All right. So uh, you mentioned him. So let's go ahead and go there. Uh, Frank Lampard. 
He was on the chopping block, I would say, in the last couple of weeks, but he seems to be getting guys to buy into it. I think he needs some players in the transfer window to really enact it. Um, I think he's at a better place than Stevie G is. He's at a slightly more, I'd say, more high-profile club. I'm sure there are going to be some brummies that get on me for that one. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the sort of cachet that, that Everton has had um, on the heels of Moyes and, and other managers makes them a slightly bigger club. Um, and I think he's starting to, to figure it out, and I wish him the best. I, I, I've always had a soft spot for Frank as a player and now as a manager. Jurgen Klopp, my friend. Jurgen Klopp. There is no question the guy's one of the top managers around. Uh, I think the issue right now is with every manager, maybe it's just run its course. You know, maybe he does Ooh. need to move on to somewhere else. Um, personally, I want to like him. And and, uh, and there are certain interviews and things that I really, really like about the guy. I don't like some of his sideline antics. I don't like some of his excuses uh, in, in interviews. But you know what? you got to take some of that uh, w with the positives. The guy's a, a wonderful manager, and one of the best things you can always say about a manager is the guys appear to love playing for yes. him. Yes, yes, absolutely. Brendan Rodgers. Now, they had a, a big win yesterday or Monday and um, stuff like that. But what do you think about Brendan Rodgers? I think he is a second-tier manager. Uh, I, I, I like him. Um, don't really have bad things to say about him. I think he tries to put out a, a good brand of football. I'm just not sure he's a big club guy. I, I think that got demonstrated previously at his opportunity at Liverpool. And obviously Liverpool had their own issues at the time. They were in a big rebuilding phase. But I'm just not sure he's a big enough personality to take control of a big club. And, and you know what? There's only a handful of guys in the world that can do it. And we've seen that guys who've previously been able to can't always sustain it, <laughs> Jose. So, um, which, no knock on Roma, but, I mean, nobody's talking about Roma in the same, you know, terms as, as Real Madrid. But, hey, look, Jose's a wonderful manager, uh, and he's getting it right there. But I just, I, I question whether Brendan could really, really go to a big club again and do it. He's struggling with Leicester, which... I, look, I think a lot of people be struggling with Leicester. They've sure. not rebuilt in the way they need to. They got pillaged during the summer. Yeah. They don't have the money to compete. The Southampton manager, Mr. Ralph Hassenhutel. Um, just don't think he's suited for the Premier League. I think he's probably the kind of guy that could go back to Germany and, and be a manager of one of the top four teams there. Um, I, I don't have anything against the guy. But it's a struggle. You know, he, he's probably a better manager than Southampton deserve because Southampton just don't invest in the club the way they need to. Wow. Wow. Antonio Conte. Kind of strikes me as a little bit too much of a, a Jose stuck in his ways type. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he shows up and for a couple seasons he gets some good results, but it seems to fall on deaf ears after a while and he doesn't have a plan B. He's got really no backup plan. Um, and I think Spurs are going to eventually be found out for that. They've got plenty of talent, um, and on their day, they can be successful, but S Spurs, despite their history of winning nothing at all, still have a, a, a mentality of wanting to put out an entertaining side, and Antonio does not do that. Um, Ted Lasso, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Jesse Marsh. 
I go back and forth on this because I, I want him to be successful just from the American perspective, but he seems to have a, a, a weird little chip on his shoulder that he might need to get in check. Um, some of the comments he's made to the media seem a little more defensive than they need to be. Okay. Uh, and, you know, maybe he's just trying to G his club up. And, and, you know, kind of that backs-against-the-wall mentality. Leeds are going to always have to fight like that. And he does seem like the right kind of manager for Leeds. But I think he needs to, to watch it with the English media uh, before he gets branded a bit of a crybaby. Patrick Vieira. Really impressed. Really impressed by what he's done with Palace. Um, I, I, I could see him... You know, I, I, I don't think Palace is ever going to have much success. They're just never going to be able to spend the kind of money. They're always going to be seen as one of the smaller London clubs. Uh, but he's, he's doing great things. He's clearly improving his team and individual players. So I will not be surprised when we eventually see him at PSG or the French national team. Oh, wow. Okay, two more. Um, Graham Potter. You know, I, I think... Much like an, an Eddie Howe type guy, everybody sees the, the growth and, and his ability and wants to see another good young English manager come through. Going to Chelsea might have been a, this might be a little too soon for him. This is going to be an interesting season for Chelsea as a club and for him as a manager. You know, I've heard more than one person say they don't think he's going to finish the season with them. Oh, wow. Um, but for me, that, that would have to assume that, yes, Todd Bowley got rid of, of Tuchel pretty quickly and, and seeming to you know, continue on with the pattern of, um, uh, oh, I've already forgotten his name, probably because he's going to be the next person to be. Abramovich. He's gonna, Abramovich is going to accidentally fall out of a hotel window like all of Putin's uh, enemies. Um, I, I, wa I want Graham Potter to be successful. I like what he's trying to do. Um, he, that that's a big question mark. It, it really is, uh, because it could also be a situation where if he doesn't get the success and Bowley does want to put him on the chopping block, if you lose this job, I'm not sure where he goes next. And finally, my friend, you must self-reflect, Eric Ten Hag. I like what I'm seeing so far. He's saying and doing the right things. He's had the guts to make some big decisions, to drop Harry Maguire, to put Ronaldo on the bench. Um, I, I would question, you know, s some of his decisions in the match against City. Um, but right now I'm choosing to believe in the process and believe that he's got a plan. And know, knowing that the loss to City in the grand scheme of things, this will be long forgotten a year from now. If this time next year you're you're looking at a team that is more in his mold yep. and is obviously yep. a, a top two three contender, I agree, totally agree, totally agree. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the Hey Aaron segment. Aaron, dude, well done, man, well done. He had no idea of who I was going to throw out there. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, we are at Chatham Tap Fishers tonight. If you would like to join us, we're going to be out for a little while longer, I imagine. Um, so come talk some footy with us. Uh, but now we are at the point to where we get to actually hear from uh, the main man. And, and uh, dude, I just I love this part every week because it, it, it's usually Wednesdays where you start feeling kind of like, oh my God, is this week going to ever end? And then when I listen to the podcast, because I'm one of the dozens that do. Uh, <laughs> When I listen to the podcast, it's gonna get it, there you go. Uh, it, it, it just it, it it lifts me up. So, 
Guys, we are at the point to where we have Aaron's final thoughts. And so, Aaron, um, what do you got for us this week, brother? Well, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, whether you're catching us live right now or you're listening to us on Spotify a little bit later or catching us on Instagram, uh, wherever, we truly appreciate you tuning in and uh, would love it. Like Evan said, give us some, uh, some feedback, give us some questions. Uh, would love to engage some administrative duties. Chatham Tap Fishers will be open at 10 a.m. on Saturday for all the early yes. games. There will be breakfast. And then Sunday at 11 a.m., no breakfast but the standard menu. Get those wings. Get you some fish and chips. They are lovely. Um, but along with what's going on, um, you know, on, on Saturday afternoon, the Cancer Sucks Bar Crawl. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I had an aunt. Uh, and... and uh, she was, my mom is one of four sisters, and they were very, very close. And she got diagnosed with breast cancer in the early 80s when it was pretty much a death sentence. And uh, you just basically sat around and, and waited, even with all uh, the medical technology they had at the time. We just didn't have early detection uh, and didn't have the ways to treat it. Um, but this is a, a, an awesome, awesome thing for uh, people to be supporting. And I encourage you all to, if you can't come out, please get on the website. We've all been touched by it. We've all lost loved ones. And this is beatable. We, we you know, this is one of the first times that we could really look at something and say, we can defeat this. Yeah. We are well on our way. And this is going to a good cause. This is going to support somebody who's been diagnosed um, and is just a wonderful story. Get on WendyLHudson.org. Read all about Sue. And then join us on Saturday at any point from 1 o'clock, 2.30, 4 o'clock, whether that's Sun King, Parks Place, or here at Chatham Tap. There's going to be a raffle. There's going to be a lot of cool shit given away. I believe there's yep. some uh, sports jerseys. There's usually some big bottles of really good alcohol. Ooh. And there's going to be a lot of camaraderie. Uh, make your sign. Shout out your loved one who's definitely been touched by it. Maybe you've been touched by it. Yep. I've got a good friend that has survived breast cancer, and she's one of the toughest chicks I know. Shout out Micah. For sure. Yes. And um, much love to everybody. Stay strong. Believe in yourselves. Believe in one another. Give yourself some hugs. Yep. All right. Say gay. <laughs> Hashtag black people vote. Hey, guys, listen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are coming to you live from Chatham Tap Fishers. This is the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. And that drop. We love y'all. Peace. Get out there and vote. Have a good night.